0: hello i'm greg howard jr and this is don't make this weird the podcast each week i invite a special guest to talk about their life news politics and anything else that may come up head over to the patreon where you'll get the random questions game a secret from my guest you get some merch for being a loyal patron and and you get this uh whole episode uncut and without this bit about joining the patreon so head over to patreon.com forward slash spring break 83 productions to join now
1: Okay, so this is the first part in a two-part series about uh, Twitter to real-life couples. Um, I am joined today by the very definition of a power couple. Uh, One is a New York Times and USA Today best-selling author. Um, The other has a PhD. And they are both phenomenal people, and I'm super excited they are here. Please welcome Dia and Eden. Hello. Hello.
2: Production.
1: Yeah, thank you.
2: We're a power couple,
3: babe. (laughs) I'm into it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So let's let's dive right into it. Um, So how did? You how how did the other person come on your radar? How did it start? Was it a tweet? Was it a picture?
3: Yeah. I will say that I I was dropping some thirst traps.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, you are. yeah
3: you are. And
2: <laughs> some of those thirst traps that got my attention was Clancy, your dog. <laughs> So we both have Boston terriers. Or Diaz passed in January. Yeah an old boy but um that definitely caught my attention as much as the pictures
3: of you did I did think yeah and so I would drop I would I would put pictures up of Clancy or videos of Clancy and she would always respond with uh with a picture of her dog Voodoo um but I think we we actually started seeing each other's posts um through case through fruit case um so that's sort of kind we we kind of thanked her when we started <laughs> we, we didn't kind of we thanked her when when uh when we started um officially dating yeah
1: so who slid into whose dms first
3: we were just talking
2: about that at one point a few months ago dia went back through the dms all the way to the beginning to figure it out so what did, what did we decide happen um, so dia posts a lot of food picks. She's an amazing cook, like amazing. Um, and also cocktail recipes or pictures of her cocktails, which I'm sure you've seen. And there was, I, we both are whiskey drinkers. And so, I mean, I'm not, I'm, a, I'm not a big drinker. I'm actually a terrible drinker, like one drink <laughs> on, on the floor, but, um, but she posted, was it the wildest redhead?
3: Yep. I and made, made all spice dram as a, as my own cocktail ingredient. And then that was the recipe
1: I made with it. I yeah. think I remember so, that.
2: Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this looks like it's right at my alley. Would you be willing to share the recipe? Which was partly for the recipe and partly because I was hitting on it. <laughs> <laughs> and
3: then and then I was like, oh, um, I, think, I think I got into your DMs first and was like, hey, I'm more than happy so what I did was I mixed up all of the ingredients. So it's that that particular cocktail has allspice dram, cherry hearing. It's a cherry liqueur, um, and a honey syrup. So I what I did was I mixed up enough of those ingredients, put them in a jar or you know a little bottle, and sent that in a care package to her. Um, so all she had to do was add the whiskey and a little lemon juice.
1: <laughs> oh, that's cute. The
3: she said, "I me didn't the send window. the whiskey too. Yeah, I sent you some scotch and some and some bourbon. Yep. Yeah. But that
2: was how the discussion started, and then we were talking about our dogs, and then we were. I think I said, was it actually this? I think was on Twitter, not even in DMs. I said that we were both talking about having to spend Thanksgiving alone, and we both love Thanksgiving. And I think I said we should um, have our dogs zoom each other on Thanksgiving."
1: the gayest shit ever.
2: That <laughs> yeah, is like, like, so lesbian. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I wasn't going to say anything, but.
2: <laughs> oh, feel free. No, no we yeah. own
1: it. We own it.
2: <laughs> yeah, lesbian in so many ways, except that we have waited a whole year to
1: U-Haul. Yeah.
3: I think we deserve an award for
2: that. I,
1: that, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, you get a toaster when you come out. What do you do when you make a year without
1: U-Hauling? <laughs> um i believe you get uh one of those ninja blenders thank god
3: (laughs) (laughs) it makes the best ice (laughs) Right, (laughs) we'll take it (laughs) yep
1: so what was the conversation like when you decided to let everybody on twitter know that y'all were a thing
3: we talked about it a little bit, and I mean, we t- we took our time because we've been dating since October, and I forget when we sort of came out online. It was a few months. Yeah. Um, what's that?
2: I, was it. I, was it around the time you came to see me in January? Maybe?
3: Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yep. Yep. So we just sort of talked about our privacy. Um, you know, I work at a university. Um, this is, that that particular account is more of my. Sh- shit posting account (laughs) you know all the curse words and all the like you know whatever um but there are there are a few people at work that follow me and um so we talked about privacy on my end and then for me I mean look I'm an erotica author no one has (laughs) any expectations
2: of me and I'm a sex educator like everything for me I'm very everything is I put everything on the table so for me my Bigger concern was her and career, and then I found out her mom followed her on Twitter. So, yeah, we had to have some discussion about that, and just kind of came to agreement. Since I think because you were coming here to see me, and we figured we're gonna post pictures.
3: Mm-hmm. I think we came out with a um, with a ice cream sa- an an ice cream sandwich picture.
2: Yeah, yeah, the selfie over <laughs> there. Um, yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, t- his
2: family- or ice
1: cream sandwich. For mm-hmm. sure. Did did you expect um, the outpouring of love and support from everybody on Twitter?
3: <clears throat> I did actually. Um, one of the things about Twitter over pandemic, so I spent almost the entire pandemic alone. Um, so, and it, it was I have one bubble friend here in town. Um, but really Twitter became my community when we really locked down and I'm in Florida. So I was even probably more scared than, (laughs) than the most people about going out. Um, but I really have a tight group of, uh, you know, tight network. Um, and so of course I got all of the love and support from them, but, um, it was the surprising part was how much that trickled down. And so I realized, you know, even more how, how, how much the community, or how deep the community goes, and so when people talk about Twitter being a certain way, I'm just like, that isn't my experience. And I think you can make Twitter into whatever you want it to be. Um, I think Gen X got fed up with Facebook, and we've pretty much turned Twitter into <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> where it's like I'm going to post every picture of all my dog, you know, my dog pics, my food pics, my you know, you know, everything, and and talk about stuff that you know isn't when I first started using Twitter, it was just like, you know, politics and, um, you know, current events and that kind of stuff. And it was like, oh, this is stuff I'm putting out there for a purpose for everybody, you know, at that time, like my 12 or 13 followers, (laughs) but but it really is as I sort of evolved with the app. And I think as the app evolved, it really became more of a, a community. So, so yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, for me, you know,
2: I have a large community of readers and writers that follow me. And so, and, you know, I'm a boomer, just barely. I feel like I'm more generous. But um, I use Facebook because as an author, I have to. Like, I have a Facebook group there. I have, like, my friends page. I have my author page. I do a lot of book promotion there. And I, I do some of that on Twitter. But for me, I've cut, tried to keep my politics, which I feel very strongly about on Twitter and mostly off Facebook. Um, I mean, but I still also post about my books and my dog. And, mm-hmm. But I do find, I think that what Dia said is true. Like Twitter is what you make it. Like, you, like I'm someone who's community oriented. And so I've developed my reading and writing community. And then I've developed my... Queer community and you know, political community on Twitter. And honestly, like, I found the same thing. Everybody was just so happy for us and excited for us. Um, Yeah, it was really like an outpouring of love. It was really, it was amazing. And now I love that other Twitter love stories are coming to light. I love that you're highlighting that because there are definitely a few of us out there
1: there by by last count there are five or six Mm -hmm. um it's y'all and and myron and then um t and sam who just announced the other day and then there's Mm -hmm. three more that are they haven't officially told everybody but like they're they're not really hiding it either so yeah as they make announcements, I'm going to, I'm going to pull them in too. And amazing and talk to them. Um, I love- so recently, actually, I think it was yesterday. Um, one of the, uh, trending topics on Twitter was actually Twinder. Um, mm-hmm. like, so th- there's a new phenomenon now where apparently Twitter is a dating app. Um, do you have any advice for people who might be wanting to shoot their shot?
2: I've never been on Tinder. I've done, I've done other dating apps and programs, but never Tinder specifically. Tinder to me, as far as I know, is kind of more of a hookup app that occasionally people will end up in a relationship. I mean, if we're talking in terms of like actual dating, like looking for someone to be with or I, you know, I don't know. I feel like on Twitter, like what happened with us, it was really just by chance that we were connected through case and had a lot in common. And I think the great thing about Twitter as opposed to an actual dating app is there's ongoing discussion and interaction and you actually learn something about the other person you know, when people fill out a profile in a dating app, there's usually not a lot of information and it's just, you know, it's pretty surfacey stuff. But If you follow somebody on Twitter and talk to them for a while, I feel like you really get to know them. I feel like Dia and I had started like developing a friendship before anything more personal happened. Um, and you know, then it was just like, oh God, when we meet each other, we better have chemistry. <laughs> so there's that whole thing that happens in long distance meeting online, but, um, yeah, I feel like you sort of get to know people in a different way than you do on a dating app. And I think it's just, you know, be yourself as much as you're comfortable with in a public forum mm-hmm. and um, take all the usual precautions that you take in online dating, which for me has always been, you know, vetting someone as much as I can. The first time I meet them, I have a safe call set up. You know, as a kink educator, that's something I, I mentioned. I've mentioned a lot of people into kink, a lot of readers who like have read Fifty Shades and like, oh, I want to try this. And I'm like, no, wait a minute, let's do it safe. <laughs> um, so this, I'm big on the safe calls, but I think it's just you know whether it's you know a, a kink hookup or dating, you know, um, I think it's 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 all kind of the same. Just you know, be be yourself be safe, Mm -hmm. Um, and you just never know who you can meet. I think you have to open yourself up. To be honest, I was not open to the idea of long distance relationship. I'm in California, Dia's in Florida. We almost could not be further apart and be on the same continent. So I think just, I don't know. I just, I was attracted to her, the way she looked. I was attracted to her personality. We had a lot of the same ideas. We both had Boston Terriers we both loved food. We, you know, loved a lot of the same music with the same political views. And I think we found that all that common ground. And then we started talking privately and the connection was just undeniable. So at that, it was like, okay, she lives on the other side of the country. Okay. Let's, you know, see what yeah. happens.
3: We said, we'll figure it out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would only, I would only add to that, that it, I think it's, I think it's okay to shoot your shot with, with someone online, but you have to have that established connect, any, some kind of connection before you just drop into somebody's DMs and do it it respectively. And I think a lot of times we just, we've seen numerous one, you know, of our mutuals out there with like dick pic stories. And, you know, I've had some weird, what's funny. And this is a sidebar is the the number, the number one um, sort of unsolicited, dms that i get are from gay men and they i think they think i'm a dude and (laughs) it's happened probably three or four times like what's up sexy and then they figure out i'm a a woman and then they like block me or disappear and it's it's happened a few times so that's why i've put like pronouns i'm not normally a pronoun person i support people who are but but you know i just for this i don't i don't do that and I, i had to put like I am a butch lesbian in my in my bio but I still get them every now and again which is kind of funny but I think if you do it respectfully though I think it's okay to take a shot I especially mean, now what do we got to lose you know yeah
1: speaking as yeah. a gay man you you are very attractive like thank you just
3: now I'm going to blush <laughs>
1: Now I don't have to jump in your DMs and say it. Um, there you go. <laughs> um, so we've come to the portion in the show where I like to pull an email from a listener out of the inbox and get my guests' uh, opinions on the matter. Um, this one comes from Angela in Berlin. Hello, Angela. Again, thank you for listening. Um, nice. Angela would like to know if Americans really spend as much money on first dates as they say they do on social media, and if so, why?
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah, do you want to take
3: this? You want me to... I would say, I think I know what she's referring to. So there was a kind of a viral tweet that was going around with the $16 water and the filet and all that. So it was like a... Something like a six or seven hundred dollar first date no oh. we don't do that regular people don't do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and, and we, all- you know we didn't really get to have like a traditional first date because I flew across the country and she picked me up at the airport you know but uh, you know typically you know if I could have if I could have done this in a different way you know we go out to a good dinner go go to a movie um and and hang out like maybe maybe grab a nightcap um you're not talking eight hundred dollars. it's like maybe a hundred bucks.
2: And also, like by the time we saw each other in person, we were already all in. Yeah. And normally, like a first date for me, honestly, Angela, go to coffee because if you don't get it off, you do not want to be stuck there for an hour, an hour and a half during a meal. You don't want to be stuck sitting awkwardly next to each other in a movie theater. Yeah, go to coffee or meet for a drink, see if you like each other, and then you can have lunch or dinner, whatever it is. But even then, like, oh, my God, going on a first date with someone, I can't imagine ordering like the most expensive thing on the menu or, you know, a $300 bottle of wine. Like, who does that? No.
1: Yeah, I feel like those kinds, those kinds of like restaurant bills should be reserved for like uber special occasions like you know 10 year wedding anniversary or you know engagement parties like for $800 that's an engagement party dinner for like 15 people
2: yeah yeah and as someone who's dated both men and women if someone feels that they need to impress me that much then it just makes me wonder what where they're lacking (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is sometimes just in the confidence department but yeah no that's a little that's a little too much for a first date we don't even know each other you don't even know if you give a shit about me why would you spend six or eight hundred dollars on me like no that feels that's not...
1: but then the question has to be okay first date you go and have this extravagant meal with you know 16 dollars glasses of water and like ice cream sundae, I think, was on that receipt. Gold foil. (laughs) Yeah. What do you do for a second date? How do you follow that?
3: Mickey D's. (laughs) (laughs) It better
2: be some amazing sacks.
1: Right. So, like, you know, if somebody spends that much money on a first date, you know, I would feel obligated to put out
3: i think anybody would
1: right like
3: (laughs) with it too
2: that i found particularly in dating men sorry straight men um who yeah they're like they drop a few bucks on a good dinner and then it's like okay now your turn to pay up i don't like that attitude that's icky Yeah. yeah i don't
1: i don't think there's ever a situation where someone is entitled to sex like, there's yeah. just, there's not.
2: Agreed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's why, like, to your point, Eden, um, you know, my standard first date is always, let's go meet for coffee. Yeah. You know, let's walk around the bookstore. Mm-hmm. You know, because.
3: Oh, you know, I love a bookstore.
1: Yeah. Like, for me, <laughs> I like to, you know, go to the Barnes & Noble swing into the cafe, grab a couple coffees, bum around the bookshop for a little while, because if your taste in literature is trash, I'm out.
2: <laughs> or if the response is a bookstore, yeah, then yeah <laughs> let's not even bother going for coffee.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good point.
1: So, um, it would, it would be remiss of me uh, because this podcast is usually about news and current events and um, things of that nature if I let one episode go through and we didn't talk about at least one thing that was in the news. Um, so the other day, the vice president of the United States was scheduled to uh, appear on The View. Um, and shortly before her appearance, uh, two of the co-hosts tested positive for COVID and they were, they were pulled off set on camera. Um, what are your thoughts on all these conspiracy theories as to why this happened that have cropped up?
3: Well, they're bullshit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're always trying to pin something on our vice president. And I mean, she's working her ass off. And, you know, I, the cons- I don't even have time for that. It's just, I just revel in just, you know what a good job Joe and and Kamala are doing. Um, I was an early supporter of Kamala Harris. Um, I think I was the eleventh person in the United States to sign up for Camp Kamala, and um, was in one of the videos. I, I got I won a contest and went to got to meet her and Doug at at one of the debates, the debate in Cleveland. Oh, so wow. I try to stay on the positive side of all of that, and um, I mean I pretty much the K-Hive has it handled in terms of, um, in terms of like writing the wrongs online. Um, and I'm not in a position, I don't have all of those receipts. So what I like to do is elevate um, and retweet. It um, usually retweet without, you know, my own commentary because you just wanna get all that information out there. And so, um, yeah, I think that it, it a conspiracy theory is exactly what it is. You know, it's a conspiracy. Yeah, Yeah, that's my opinion. I I think,
2: you know, they were being exceptionally careful Mm -hmm. with our vice president, as they should be. So I feel that the action taken was probably appropriate given the circumstances. I'm just glad that they were, you know, being very conscious of keeping her safe. She's important. Mm -hmm. Um, And Kamala Harris is one of the things Dia and I agree on Mm -hmm. completely. I mean, she's, and being from San Francisco, I mean, she's been in every pride parade here for years. She's been so actively behind LGBTQ community, not, you know, she's not just paying at lip service on Well, and honestly, they both have, I met Joe Biden at Stonewall Inn by chance, my ex and I went to New York city and we went to Stonewall on the 50th anniversary and um, we walked in and there's all these big guys in suits and we walked up to one of the old barflies. they were like this doesn't seem like the kind of place where guys in suits hang out and he's like oh no well joe bike honestly here <laughs> and he was and i met him and he was amazing honestly and i just feel like they're both so behind queer community and it's not it's not just talk so yeah i don't know i just hear anybody saying anything negative about kamala
3: i of. And they're two of the most, I mean, I think we're, we're a little off topic. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but but yes. they're two of the most genuine, like genuine politicians that I've experienced in my, and I've been following politics since I was a little kid. My parents got, I, I would tell this story, my, my parents got me a poster of the Carter family. I had the whole family hanging on my wall as a little kid. Like I was indoctrinated by my union father. He was a UAW worker uh, when he was still, before he retired. But um, but yeah, they're two of the most genuine politicians that I've experienced. And, you know, when, when she looks at you, when she's talking to you, um, she's, you know that she's listening. And it, it was like nothing I've experienced. And I know it sounds a little like culty or whatever, but it, was just like, <laughs> it really touched me. And, you know, we were talking about things like Kavanaugh and we were talking about things like, um, you know, um, GLBTQ um, rights and, and, and my friend Kathleen had gone with me and she's a small, small business owner. So we were having like very real conversations just in the little pass-through line. Um, But, but they had to pull, pull us away (laughs) from her because she wanted to keep talking. And it was, it was a really genuine connection. And I I appreciate that.
1: So seeing as we are barreling headfirst into midterm season, um, what, if any, are the races um, that y'all have your eyes on? Which ones are you, are you excited about any of them?
3: Florida is very important this year. And yeah. um, if we don't get a new governor, we're, we're, um, we're fucked. <laughs> like really this, our governor is trying to kill us. And, um, and I think it's, I, I really am to the point where I think that's true. I think he has um, very, very close political friends that are invested in the, the antibody body treatments. Um, and, and I think he's actually devaluing vaccinations and just, they, he, he put all these clinics, the, the, the clinics around for that treatment, um, just like, oh, we can treat our way out of this. Um, he pulled all the mask mandates. Um, Alachua County, where I live, um, there was like, you know, a big battle between our governor and our school board. And I think we finally lost because of the new the new appointee he put in. So um, I'm supporting. There's two Democratic candidates in Florida, Charlie Crist and Nikki Freed. We've had enough Charlie Crist, in my opinion. (laughs) Um, I really see Nikki Freed as a rising star, and I really took a cue from the D- Democratic National Party during um, during our convention, the virtual convention, they did a segment on the up and comers in the Democratic Party and, and um, Kenyatta and and Freed were, were spotlighted a lot in that segment. So I think we're gonna get the, if she can win that primary, we'll get the the backing of the party behind her and try to get Santa's out. I'm also very interested in Val Demings versus, um, versus um, Uh, Ted Cruz or Ted Cruz Rubio Um, Rubio yeah yeah because um I really think she's got a shot as well um it's it's hard you know even the even the the right wingers the fact that she was a police you know police chief (laughs) police officer police chief like I mean what are you going to say about her um I'm sure they'll find something but uh, because racism but but um I, I just really think she has a shot to actually knock out Rubio
2: Yeah. And for me, um, you know, we just went to went through the uh, Republican recall uh, of Gavin Newsom here in California. And uh, of course, I went and voted uh, to keep him in office because that was going to be a fucking disaster for California. If we didn't like I don't understand. He's kept this. This is one of the safest states in the country because of the actions that he's taken And honestly, every other governor across the country should be taking their cues from him. He's done an amazing job, um, you know, amidst juggling all of our wildfires that we're having every year. And um, just, you know, yeah, people challenging him right and left. So I'm glad that I was here to vote in the gubernatorial recall. And I'm also really glad that I'm going to be a new blue vote for Florida. And Nikki Fried's definitely definitely got my eyes on her i need to learn more about the other candidates um but yeah i'm gonna i mean politics is an, is another place where dia and i came together they feel like she's much more well-informed than i am but like she worked on kamala's campaign and then joe biden's campaign um i did the phone banks for georgia um You know, I just feel like it's important to be involved. So we're going to be two hardworking blue votes in Florida. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So that's uh, what what I'm on at the moment. Any thoughts on uh, Matthew McConaughey potentially running for Texas governor?
3: Why would we want Matthew (laughs) McConaughey when we can have Beto?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Very much that.
3: I just remember Matthew McConaughey, the story about him playing the, you know, the the cops got called on him. And when the police showed up, he was, um, naked on his coffee table, playing the bongos, just high as a kite. And I'm not, I have no problem with people being high as a kite, but, um, you know, I just, we're at a time when we need to be serious. and That's just not serious. He's a very smart man though. I think he's Mensa or something. I, you know, and, and that's true, but I'm you, I just don't think he has the the stones to do it.
2: <laughs> well, and also I feel like you know, so we had Arnold Schwarzenegger for a while here, and honestly, especially for probably he did not do a bad job. I was surprised, but I think we need to be over people whose lives have been spent performing, getting into politics, because that's not. It needs to be more than a performance. And, and he's, he is brilliant. I believe he is a Mensa member. Um, But he's a little bit of an odd duck. And again, like, listen, if somebody wants to make pot legal in Texas, I lived in Dallas for two years, I have a lot of friends and some family there, please let's make pot legal everywhere. He would do that. But otherwise, like, I don't know, he has some just odd ideas about things that he's very passionate about. Like, He and his wife lived in a trailer on a hill in Malibu until she was part with her first pregnancy. And I think she was finally like, I need a house. We're gonna have a baby, you know? Like he's just a little out of touch with reality. And frankly, a lot, most celebrities are, I would hazard to say almost all because their reality is not the reality of most other people. And, you know, sure we get that with other politicians who are just wealthy and privileged. Um, That's why I think it's really important to have as many, you know, as as diverse a population in politics at state level and at federal level across the board, because we need to go beyond the privileged white perspective, you know, because the people who have existed in a bubble of privileged white perspective are not going to relate to, you know, the average person enough to actually do what we need them to do. Mm -hmm. So I like him. Let him, let him do some more films.
3: <laughs> and, and just back to Beto again is uh, I, when he was running for president, I was like the audacity of this man who has, you know, just a tiny bit of experience to think that he could just walk in and be the president of the United States. And I was pretty anti beto and like vocally so <laughs> for a while, but man, he grew on me so quickly. And um, I think that, I think governor for him is, an appropriate well, who am I to say that's kind of whatever? But I think I think it's a really good match, and I think he would do a hell of a job.
1: Yeah i i'm I'm there. I'm there with you. Like during during the primaries i i, I wasn't I wasn't feeling it, um, and very much like I was like, just like you you lost a Senate race, and now you think you're qualified to be president? But you know, he. I adore that man now. Like he's, and he's cool. That's, that's a cool guy. Um, You know, if, if he ran for president in like 15, 20 years, I would, I would definitely be behind it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He didn't have enough experience when he ran,
3: you know, and what he's done. I have a friend who lives, I think she's in San Antonio and she was talking about like, some of the work he did after he dropped out, like he was still knocking door to door for, for, the, for the party, um, for local, local elections and for also the national election. And I feel like, you know, he's sort of an advocate in Texas for voting rights. And we have Stacey Abrams in Georgia as an advocate for voting rights. And I feel as a Floridian, I, I, you know, I'm really kind of sort of immersed in what's going on here because we need help. And we're waiting for that person to step up and and be that advocate um and do the work in tallahassee to, to take on i mean th- there's some crazy state laws that have been going through and it's all because everything's gerrymandered and then they get to make all the you know they take tallahassee um and then they get all the gerrymandering for you know for the for the um the federal federal elections and so you know, we, we need, we need someone here to do that advocacy from the bottom up. And the last thing I'll say about Florida maybe <laughs> is that, you know, people really shit on Florida and I'm an Ohio, I'm from Ohio. I'm like an Ohio girl. Like you can't say anything bad about Ohio in front of me, but I'm starting to get that way about Florida, like sticking up for Florida. Cause we take shit all the time with Florida, man. I was like, there were crazier people I grew up with in Ohio, first of all. But the last election when Gillum was up and Nikki, Nikki Fried became our agriculture um, commissioner and then there was the Nelson-Rick um, Scott-Skeletor race. <laughs> you look at the numbers. We had three recounts. And if you look at those numbers, we were right about 50-50. And so just like writing us off and saying they should cut Florida off and let us float. Well, we would be in a different situation if we had different people in the state house making different decisions about how we vote so that's what all right I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the same soapbox and one, one of the other people I really have my eye on is Stacey Abrams I'm just mm-hmm. interested to see what she's going to do and of course Romance Landia, we love her because you know she's a romance author she's published as Selena Montgomery um so we love that and she's still publishing I don't know how she's doing it with everything she's juggling but I just feel like she's such a strong voice and such a powerhouse and and uh, passionate and smart and like means what she says and she wants to get the work done. So I'm interested to see what position she'll be in coming up with Georgia. And, you know, I'm sure at some point at the higher levels. So I have my eye on her for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. So Dia, before you um, step down off that soapbox, would you ever consider running?
3: I, I've talked about it. I, I, I've entertained the idea. Um, I was talking to some folks here about city council and um, County Commission. Um, I know a couple of the county commissioners pretty well. Um, I've, I've thought about it. I would love 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 to be, you know in Congress. I think that would be a good a good pos- position for me. I'm an invasive species ecologist. There's an invasive species caucus that people probably don't know about. Um, it's one of the few success stories that we, we don't hear about this on the news, but this invasive species caucus is bipartisan. One of the biggest advocates for invasive species management and control and education is Marco Rubio. And, um, what's the lady's name in New York that was like so annoying during the impeachment? Oh, what, what is it? I can't remember her name, but she's also on it as well. <laughs> I sat next to her at a, at a national, um, uh, we had a national meeting in, in New York and she sat next to me and I was like, oh God. <laughs> but um, anyway, but, but so they have this, they've been doing this bipartisan work and they're coming up with bipartisan legislation that's moving forward and that they're, you know, we hear about the big stuff, you know, yeah. as we should, because it's big, but there are success stories about this sort of Joe Biden's dream of bipartisan cooperation. It's just not, not what y- the general public thinks about. It's what I think about. And you know, I'm in a legislative committee um, for the same national organization. And um, you know, we get regular updates from people in DC about what's going on with invasive species funding and management. And it's the Republicans are, and the Democrats are pushing this stuff through. So I, w- I would love to be in that environment as an alternative, continue doing what I'm doing and become one of the experts they bring to do. Um, I want to be the person that pushes the button and talks in the microphone <laughs> <laughs> as in like the congressional hearings. Like I wanna, I wouldn't mind doing that. That would be fun.
1: <laughs> I mean, should you decide, you know, all you got to do is say the word and I'm boots on the ground. Let's go. We,
2: we. <laughs> and I'm totally behind her. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs>
3: Do you know who so our local you probably I, I kind of tear her apart on Twitter as well, but our local, our our local um representative is Kat Kamek. And she she we had to watch all these commercials from her. Like Ted Yoho would not even endorse this woman at the end. And she was all guns, and there's pictures of her holding chickens and stuff. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and she got elected. And I was like, well, that's because the people in my town, we're in a blue bubble, a lot of progressives here and the like a lot of Bernie kratz. Well, they put forward a, you know, one of the, the Bernie style progressives and that doesn't win in North Central Florida. I'm sorry. It was a waste of time and money. So I think somebody, you know, center left would, would have a better chance of winning in a, a place like this. So, okay.
2: Anyway, <laughs> she thought it was the guns and the chickens. God.
3: I'll shoot a gun if it gets me elected, though.
1: I mean, you know what? That's I'll put together a focus group. Well, how, how do you how do you feel about lesbians holding guns?
3: I'm gonna cock. I want a shotgun. I'm gonna cock it with one arm like Sarah Connor in T2. Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: That'll get some votes. I'm I'm on board for that commercial.
2: Yeah, so more people fighting into your DMF on Twitter. I'm sure. <laughs>
1: so we have come to the portion of the show uh where i like to play a game with all my guests i have before me 15 just completely random questions um some of them i found on the internet some of them were sent to me by people on the internet um are y'all game to play sure absolutely all right number one what website not app do you frequent the most?
2: Oh, uh, I hate to say it, right? Amazon.
3: <laughs> yeah, I would go with Amazon. <laughs> or... Sorry, I talked over you, babe. Oh, that's
2: okay, babe. I was just say it's pandemic, I, or- I <laughs> ordered stuff from there that I have to bargain shop.
3: Yeah, I do Amazon and it, it does Google Scholar count? Because- Sure. <laughs> Google Scholar, probably more than
1: anything, because I'm a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sweet tea or lemonade? Neither. Lemonade. Eden, I'm kicking you out of this meeting. You're done. done
2: Not, And I like to put my own sugar, but not sweet tea and lemonade. Actually, I like lemonade, but my stomach doesn't. I just turned six days. You get older, you can't eat and drink everything you used
1: to. I mean, okay, that's that's fair because I had lemonade the other day and had heartburn for like 24 yeah. hours. Yeah, like- <laughs> uh, th-
2: this is what happens. Yeah, yeah, take a Pepsi
3: first. It'll uh-huh. for a couple just, of years. Just to enjoy <laughs> lemonade
1: sad um who is your favorite spice girl
3: jerry jerry hallowell i saw spice world in the theater i love that shit
2: (laughs) and mine's scary spice yeah
1: those are a little bit of a girlfriend Um, what is the most terrible thing that you've watched all the way through on a streaming service?
3: Streaming service? We watched it together. <laughs> what, is, what is it? What was the, the one where they dress up and, oh, Sexy Beast. <laughs> um, oh, okay. That, oh my <laughs> God. Sexy <Yeah>. Beast. <laughs>
2: A dating show where people basically they have like special effects, makeups and kind of big mask things where they dress up like animals. The woman dressed like a dolphin. I couldn't take it. And the idea is, you know, to date each other and personality not based on looks, but it was just so fucking absurd. And some of the stuff these people were wearing and some of them, like some of them I'm absolutely certain were furries you know and just and yeah. brownies and just didn't want to say it like the guy in the fox costume he was way oh, definitely but
3: yeah the woman with the dolphin head mm-hmm. and then they it's the show it was beyond I, it. my other critique is that it was a half an hour show but it could have been 11 minutes probably because <laughs> yeah. most of the time it was just they were dancing like in their costume and i was like oh god it was grossing me out but i couldn't turn away
1: (laughs) see that kind of reminds me i want to say like a year or so ago there was um shit and i can't remember what it's called uh there was like this blind dating show where they would teach each person separately this dance and the first time they they met they would do the dance together It was the worst shit I have ever seen in my entire life.
3: I I watched
2: that show. It
1: was (laughs) was
2: horrible. And they have like, so they have like one woman and then they teach two guys each a different dance with her and then she has to pick which one she wants to be with. And one is always like an upbeat, jitterbuggy, jazzy kind of thing. And the other one is like, you know, a slow like waltz or a little tango Mm -hmm. moves. And yeah, that was... Horrible and absurd, and it made me so uncomfortable. But yeah, hmm. look okay. It's so bad.
1: <laughs> um, pancakes or waffles?
2: Ooh. Both. Pancakes. <laughs> I, I do tend to eat pancakes more, I guess, if, I, if it comes down to it.
3: Pancakes over here. And my, I love, like, IHOP is garbage, but. They've got those multi-grain pancakes that are so good. They like grind up pecans or something, they say they're healthy, but it's like, just <laughs> like there's nuts in them. <laughs> well,
1: you know, uh, IHOP puts um, pancake batter in their scrambled eggs. That's what makes I've them read- fluffy. What? Yeah,
2: because yeah. yeah, yeah. there are whole- people who have like celiacs who like ended up in the hospital because they don't know that there is a wheat product in that scrambled eggs. Yep. Yeah.
3: Huh.
1: Yeah. Renaissance yeah. fair or sci-fi convention?
2: Ooh. Again, tough choice. I'm a huge sci-fi fan. I have been since I was a kid. I've used a ton of sci-fi, but also I i am one of my hobbies is costuming. I'm a big costume beacon. I used to go to the Ren fair here in Northern California. Dia will not be caught
3: dead at a Ren Fair sign. So <laughs> That's not true. I love Ren fairs. You didn't know what? that. <laughs> What? I love run fairs. Yeah, I like to, I have like one or two, either like, like a couple needs and then go through axes of things. <laughs> oh, so just the costume? I? I won't dress up.
1: Yeah, okay, okay. There's there's, <laughs> there's something liberating about walking around with like a giant like turkey leg in one hand and, you know, a, a PBR in some kind of elk horn in the other. And like, you know, just hopping around. Like, I love a good rent fair. I,
3: I think it'd be hilarious cuz I had this, so in Ohio, they have a big one. Like there's like a piece of land that they only use it for rent fairs. Like it's in between like, I want to say like Cincinnati and Columbus or something. Um, but I, we used to go every year, we'd be like, oh, I want to wear like completely normal clothes from the from the neck down. And then just get like a night helmet <laughs> <laughs> Look around, just be like pulling up the thing, like eating your food. Doing... I thought that would be fun. We
2: have, we have talked pretty much at least four hours a day for the last year. <laughs> and I did not know this. You didn't ask.
3: <laughs> it's another match.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yay. We're going to run fair.
1: <laughs> Do you have an unusual celebrity crush. Like somebody, when you bring it up, people are like, what the fuck is wrong with you?
2: Hmm. I don't know if mine minor
3: unusual. Historically, I, I had a thing for Flo from the... There's <laughs> 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 something about her. She seems like she'd be a lot of fun. <laughs>
1: She's actually, if you ever see her like out of the flow get up, she's actually very glamorous and like. Mm-hmm.
3: Wasn't she an angel, like uh, for a short period? Yeah. The Buffy yeah.
1: Eden, strange celebrity crush?
3: I don't know if
2: any of mine are strange so much. Yeah, like as far as men, it's pretty much just Lenny Kravitz. Um... Women, I mean, Tessa Thompson, Rihanna, Charlize Theron, Megan Rapino, Rachel Maddow. Yeah, I don't know that any of mine are, like, strange in any way. Okay, that's fair. Think about that.
1: Um, bra, always on or only when you have to?
2: Only when I have to. Oh, my God. Hate, 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 hate a bra yeah it's always
1: on almost always on almost um sweater or hoodie 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 Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's fair I, I love a good hoodie I love a good hoodie I've got um close to like 45 so. Perfect. I'm
2: a little jealous. Although this morning I went to a chiropractic appointment and I was wearing a sweater with a hood. So straddling. Z- there you go.
1: Hybrid. <laughs> if you could have an entire movie theater to yourself and you could watch any movie in the entire, behave yourself.
2: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> was that for me or for Dia? I can't see it right now. <laughs>
1: Um, And you could watch any film in the entire world. What movie would you watch?
3: Well, I would have to say The Heat because it's the best movie ever made. But in terms of sci-fi, I would love to see. I haven't seen it yet. I've heard great things about it, but the chrome version of Fury Road I think we we'll could see that ass on, on a big screen.
2: That would be amazing, and I'm so down for that. My first answer probably would probably be Blade Runner, which is one of my favorite films ever.
1: Oh, that I've would be good. seen it
2: on a big screen for so many years. But yeah, the Chrome version of Fury Road, I can't see that movie enough. That's like well, Charlize at her hottest. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, do you wash your legs in the shower?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> this thing. Do white people really not wash their legs? Is that a is Some of it them really don't.
1: <laughs> It's it's a thing.
3: Ugh. We've actually made jokes. I think uh first or second time I went to California, I was like, okay, you're witnessing. I am washing
2: <laughs> my legs. <laughs> uh, she did. She actually actually did. You
3: can report back to the <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to, to social media. Yeah. Yeah, and didn't Steph do a TikTok? Um, she did a TikTok about washing
1: your legs that was hilarious. I think Steph- so. Yes. Steph Tar, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, pool or ocean?
3: Ocean. I like
2: being on the beach, but I have a really terrible shark phobia, so I, can, I can't swim in the ocean.
1: Okay. That's...
2: So well, cool, to
1: swim, but just to hang out, ocean.: Gotcha. Um, if they were making a biopic about your life, who would play you?
3: <laughs> I've been thinking, there was the the thing was going around like who who what celebrity looks like you, <laughs> like yeah i couldn't think i could honestly couldn't think of anyone besides Maddow. like i'm the punk rock version of rachel maddow (laughs) well you totally are um
2: um why can't i think of what her name is um maybe kristen ritter from jessica jones i love her i mean she's obviously a lot younger than me but we always do that right you're gonna make a biopic the actors always yeah 20
3: or 30 years younger than the actual mm-hmm.
1: person so i could see it though like mm-hmm. that or um faruza Balk actually is mm-hmm. another one who faruza Balk.
2: oh faruza mm-hmm. i totally had the hots for her in the craft she mm-hmm. made- who oh, didn't
1: <laughs> i was gonna I? say i did like yeah <laughs> But, like, you watched The Craft and you either wanted to be with Nancy or you wanted to be Nancy. I fell right in the middle.
2: Oh, me too. Both. Both. both.
1: The beer her doer. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, Nude Beach or Not a Chance?
2: I think it's Nude Beach.
1: I I wouldn't do it. (laughs) All right. And finally... What is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten?
3: This is a hard one.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like the first stuff that comes up is like writing advice because that's been a big thing. But then I think about conversations ahead with my therapist. So. <laughs> <laughs> Never yeah. make anyone more important than yourself.
3: That's a good one. That is good
2: for codependent me. Yeah, invaluable.
3: Yeah, I can't. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head, but I did. Um, this is kind of a joke, but <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, one of my uh, one of my colleagues said, um, "Your first grad student is like a pancake. You have to throw it out." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah (laughs) turned out to be true Mm
1: -mm. (laughs) (laughs) um so we've got a couple of minutes left um if y'all would like to you know plug anything uh books courses websites things of that nature uh tell people Listening at home, where they can follow you on social media, if you so so desire to do so. Dan, yeah, do you have? Do you want
2: to go first? Because
3: it... the only thing, I, if you're listening, um, I would I would ask if you if you've got a few extra bucks, please help support candidates in Florida. We need your help. Um, and in a few weeks, uh, so I'll tell you my my ha- handle on tech, uh, Twitter is feclad. So it's F E underscore C L A D. And in on starting on October the 20th, there is a contest for um, from our local brewery where they're going to put a dog and a cat on this, the special brew. Um, and I would like, I'm, I'm going to try to crowdfund to get um, or crowdsource to get enough votes to get my boy Clancy on a beer can because um, it's really special during pandemic. We would go. Every Saturday we get in the car and I would go do, we would go, they had a drive-through where you could get, carry out beer. And I was just trying to support local businesses and I'd take him with me. And it got to the point where when we'd show up, all of the staff would come out and give him treats. And it was just like this really, he loved it. And so I just think it would be such a great memorial to, to get him on a beer can. So look out, I will be probably annoying about how I share that. <laughs> Babe, you're up.
2: Okay. Oh, boy, I have all kinds of stuff happening. So um, for in October, um, October 5th, my the book one in my Midnight Playground Vampire series is coming out, um, Eternally Owned, and October 26th, I think, book two, Eternally Mastered, and then the other three will follow um i don't have release dates for those yet but if you like um kinky um sexually fluid vampires set in a near future post-apocalyptic london um these books are really fun to write it's, it's the only thing i've written other than contemporary no i did one dystopian book but um i don't they're just really fun vampires can do things people can't do so it was, uh they're, they're, they're dark, but they're a pretty good time. Um, the other thing is I always have my workshops available for download. Uh, my Awaken the Senses workshop for writers, um, which sort of addresses utilizing the five senses in your writing is always available for download. And how to write better sex workshop. It's like a little mini course. And then my um, Empower Your Sexual Self workshop for women. And so I, I did that with, um, I have a business partner named Christine Rose L, who's a life coach and a writer and um, just an amazing human being and we started doing this a few years ago and we aimed it at women and we're now discussing how to be more inclusive of also people who are female identified or female body um, who don't necessarily identify as women um, but that's been like the most amazing thing I've ever done you know we talk um, just about like owning who you are and owning your desires and uh, we talk about Sexual abuse and trauma, and taboo, and the negative messages we get from the world at large. So that's been a really important project. Right now, my website's down because it's in the middle of a redesign, and we're kind of stuck on uh, actually me getting my shit together and sending Christine, who also handles my website, all of the correct information as I'm packing and getting ready to move across the country to live with Dia. Um, but you can download my workshops at Christine Rose, L E L L E.com. Um, and I'm always pumping them on Twitter and Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook, um, as Eden Bradley and also my private Facebook group after dark social club. Um, yeah, I'm kind of everywhere. Uh, you can also look for me on Pinterest where I have, I think 48 Pinterest boards. If you want to find out more about who I am, that's a good way to to get some visuals. I think that's it. the moment
3: anyway i will also say so as we embark on the the move is uh so i'm flying out there in two weeks uh two weeks from tomorrow then we're going to pack up her shit and drive across country and pretty certain we'll be live tweeting this event because we we have to drive through texas (laughs) oh wow and a dog yeah. And I'm like, can we film in Louise, Texas? Because there's we have to drive through parts of Texas. I'm scared. <laughs> but no, there's one way. We have to go through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna
2: meet each other's parents.
3: Oh yeah, that's happening.
2: First stop is my parents, second stop is Diaz. So
1: are are you gonna live tweet the meeting of the parents too? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Probably, like probably, like a goddamn <laughs> open book now. <laughs>
1: um, thank you both so so much for this. This has been so much fun. It has been an absolute honor to have you both here. Um, when you get all moved and settled in and everything, um, come back and you know, we'll, we'll talk again and yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation.
3: This has been super fun. And it's really nice to like interact with you. In right. Life. We're tuning, yeah. but it's like we're in we're motion. <laughs>
2: no, it's different. It's like meeting mm-hmm. you instead
3: of just yeah. you know, seeing yeah.
2: it on Twitter. Yeah, I love it.
3: Our therapists yeah. both have said that this, you know, when we were, when we yeah. were having our Zoom meets, meetups you know that those were were actually dates like that you know we did so this this counts as a, a friend a, a bunch of friends hanging out
1: yeah, yeah absolutely yeah
0: if you enjoyed this episode please consider subscribing and if you're on apple podcasts leave us a review If you didn't enjoy this episode, why the fuck are you even still here? If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at don'tmakethisweirdpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at SB83Productions, on Instagram at SpringBreak83Productions. Don't Make This Weird is a springbreak 83 production.